0: Welcome to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Lead Pastor Neil Krauss. For more information about forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com. Good morning. We are in our third week of this series that we have titled Connected. And so far, we've been learning about the importance of being connected to God, We learned about the importance of being connected with His Word, and today we're going to learn about the importance of being connected with each other. If you missed any of those sermons from the last couple of weeks, I encourage you to go online, get the podcast, subscribe to that so that um, you can catch up to today. But today we're going to learn about this importance of being connected to each other. And as you came in today, hopefully you received one of these. Right? Hopefully, you got a monkey as you came in today from a barrel of monkeys, and you're probably wondering, why did they give me this as I came in? Well, this is a toy from a lot of our childhoods. A lot of us remember getting a barrel in our stocking for Christmas and wondering, what's in this barrel? We open it up, and there is a barrel of monkeys. Now, it's, it's kind of amazing to me that this toy became popular. I mean, you can't really do a whole lot with it, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do with the monkey, but the whole idea behind it is that you're to try to link arms with the other monkeys and then see how long of a chain you can make without them falling apart so that you can have the longest chain of connection of monkeys together. So this um, toy, that's the whole goal behind it. And Time Magazine amazingly listed it as the number 53 toy of all time of top 100 toys. So, it has been around since 1965 and done really well, but you're probably still wondering, why did they give me a monkey as I came in here? Well, this is a reminder that it is incredibly important for you and your Christian walk that you link arms with other Christians, that you link arms with other people so that you can become mature and you can begin to flourish in your faith. And that's why we have a core gospel identity here at Forward Church that we are family. We talk about that all the time. It's our desire that when you become a member of Forward Church that you find people that you can link arms with, you can connect with, and, and go through life with to encourage one another and to build one another up. So we want you to have a circle of friends where you link arms together, you're connected so closely that you help each other mature in your walk with Christ. Now, um, we want you to have a place where, where you can do that, and our main text for today describes a place like that. In our main text today, we're in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to be in verses 44 through 47. Those um, That's found on page 911 in the Bible. It's under your chair. You can grab that. It'll be on the screens as well. But if you would, please stand with me. We're going to read from Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 44. If you would, go ahead and bring the light up above me, please. My old eyes, I can't see the small print. I forgot my readers, too. They broke today, so I don't have those, so I need as much light above me as I can get There we go. All right, now, all right, let's start. In verse 44, God's word says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, as you read through this, think about linking arms. Don't you see that picture? They're they're all together and they have all things in common. They're linking arms together. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, linked arms there together, and breaking bread in their homes, linking arms together, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You can be seated. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. Now, I want you to notice, as we read through that passage, first of all, you see the linking of arms. They are connecting with each other. They are connected. But I want you to notice that they met in the temple courts. So we see this big assembly where they gathered together, like the church service. That's the big assembly. And at that time in the early church, there was around 3,000 people that gathered together for that big service time. But they also met in their homes, it says, and they shared with those who were in need and they prayed for those who were in trouble. So they they were there linking arms with each other, connecting with each other. They were a part of a large church gathering. They were also connected with a small group of people. So we see a beautiful picture of the church right there. They had a smaller group of people where they could link arms with and they could support one another and they could pray for one another and they could help one another through life. In Acts twelve twelve. The Bible tells us that when Peter was in prison, that there were many in the church that came together in the house of Mary, the mother of John. And what did they do? They prayed intensely for his protection. So once again, you see, because he was connected with them, they gathered together and they prayed for him. So obviously, God intended for the church to be a family and not just an audience. And last week, I talked about how we move from being a part of an audience to being connected in the family to being connected so tightly by linking arms together that we we are close with each other and we are helping each other. In John 13, 34, Jesus gave this command, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Well, what did Jesus mean by that? He said, if you're a disciple of mine, then you love others as I have loved you. By sacrificing self, and when we truly love another, when we love someone else, we are looking out for their needs, not our own needs. We, we give up our selfish desires, we give up our selfish wants, and we stop thinking about me and what I want and what I'm driven by, and we think about others and how we can serve them and how we can, how we can point them to God. You see, everything that Jesus did with every relationship, he had a purpose. Every single relationship that Jesus was engaged in, that purpose was to point those people lovingly to his heavenly Father. His purpose was never about himself. He says, you love everyone else that same way. That's what Jesus challenges us to do. He says, stop thinking of yourself and what you desire and what you want and your fleshly desires, and you engage in relationships so that you can point them to our heavenly Father. He says, that's how you love one another. So the church should look like a family that is linked together at the arms and we are pointing each other to God. That's what the church should look like. And that's precisely why we need to be connected to each other. And that means that what starts out as casual relationships should be moving towards intimate relationships like we saw in the early church. They would gather in about 3,000 people and then they would gather in homes and they would connect with each other and they they would form these meaningful relationships with one another. And that's exactly, though, where the local church starts to break down in our culture so often. Because we've gotten pretty good at gathering together in the large service, but, but the local church as a whole has struggled with this connection and, and really connecting with one another and, and building one another up as we're called to do. Because the reality is that so many of us have been hurt before. So many of us have been betrayed before. We've seen things go wrong in church before. So we have guards up. Well, we have our guard up and we don't necessarily walk around where we can link arms with the people around us, right? We kind of walk around with our arms by our side, kind of holding people at a distance because we don't want to get hurt. So we have this guard up. Now, the reality is that most relationships will remain casual. There'll be a lot of relationships in your life that, that are casual relationships. However, we need to pursue connecting within the church so that some of those relationships develop into meaningful close intimate relationships what we have to understand is that those take time they don't just happen right away they take time and we have to ask the spirit to guide us and to bless us and to connect us with people that we can really have those intimate relationships with so you can have a lot of casual relationships but you can just have a few of those intimate ones and those are the people that know just about everything about you yet they still love you As Jesus loves you. Those are the people with what we call refrigerator rights, you know, where they can come into your house and they can feel comfortable making themselves a cup of coffee or opening up the refrigerator and and making a sandwich. And and those are intimate kinds of friends. So we have to ask ourselves, do I have anybody like that in my life? Good. Somebody said I do, I think, right? That's good. That's what we desire. That's what we want is those deep, close connections with intimate relationships with people so that they can speak into our life. Because if we don't have that, we should have that. And that's what God is telling us. He designed you to need intimate relationships. Now, I'm not suggesting you become an open book to the whole church and try to have deep connections with everyone because that would actually drive everyone from you. Right? If you just started opening up and sharing everything about your life, then everyone would kind of kind of back off and, and, and get away from you. So we don't want to do that. What I'm suggesting is that you begin to connect with others and let the Holy Spirit work through that relationship, through those connections that you're making, to draw you near to some people that he desires for you to connect with. You see, Jesus himself only had three really close in his inner circle. He took three that came in and were really in his inner circle and close with him, kind of that really close intimate connection. Then there were 12 who were really close with him, if you count those. And then then there's 120 that were really loyal to him to the end. So we see that there were these circles. He had the really intimate group of people. Then there was a little bit larger group of people. And then there was a big group of people that he was connected with. But there was only three that were super close connection with him. So not everyone is intended to be an an intimate friend, and God doesn't say you have to have that with everyone, but you need a few people. But far too many people in the church have no meaningful connections at all. So we have to ask ourselves, if if tragedy strikes in my life, if if something happens, then I need to call somebody, do I have that person that I can call no matter what time it is, and I know they're going to drop what they're doing and they're going to rearrange their schedule and they're going to be by my side. Do I have someone That if I'm struggling in life, they will come in and they will hold me accountable. They'll speak truth into my life, even if it's hard truth. Do I have someone that will call out a sin in my life in a loving way? Do I have someone that will show grace and mercy when I have a repentant heart without judging me? And do I have someone that if I don't have a repentant heart, they'll speak truth, loving truth, that that I need to hear? If we don't have those people, we need those people. We have to connect with others to have that in our life. Otherwise, we're simply a part of the audience. Otherwise, we're simply attending and observing the local church. And God has so much more than that. So much more than that plan for you. He desires for every single person in this room to connect in the church family and to have those intimate relationships around you. So we have to ask, why are, these, why are these meaningful relationships and these connections in the church, why are they so important? Why can't I just attend? You know, because a lot of us, you know, we think, well, I've got my family and I've got my friends that I grew up with. I've got other people that, that I've got in my life and I don't know if I have room for more people. So, so why did the Lord design the church to be a family and not just an audience? Why does he desire for us to connect with other believers? Because the reality is in our culture, some of us think, well, I've got meaningful relationships in my family. I've got busy time. You know, I've I've got a lot of things going on, and it's hard for me to add something else. You know, I've got family members. I've got people from my childhood that are close friends that we do activities together all the time, and, and you feel comfortable with them, and you know that they would do about anything for you. So why should I connect in my church family? Well, first of all, the first reason why is I would say your church family will encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, the reality is, people in the world aren't going to encourage you in generosity and prayer and forgiveness and faithfulness people in the world aren't going to see you in a situation in life as you're struggling with sin or temptation, and they're not going to say, you know, you probably need to to be praying about that and going to God about that. You know, they're not going to, if you're struggling with forgiving someone, people of the world are not going to say, you know, the best thing for you to do is forgive them. No, people of the world are going to say, yeah, you should be mad at them. Yeah, you should. You should just uh, totally do whatever to them and, and get back at them. But the people in the church are going to say, no, you need, you need to forgive as Christ has forgiven you. And they're going to give you godly guidance. They're going to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Now, your family, that's, that's your family. The, the reality with your family is they might be godly and they might be pointing you towards things of, of, the, of the word and of the Lord. But the reality is this, they're your family. So you might think, well, they have to say that because they're my family. Or you simply won't listen to them because they're your family, right? It's harder for us to listen to them. There's something powerful about having a connection on the outside in your church that is encouraging you and supporting you and speaking truth into you. Christian friends will reinforce you in right behavior. If you think about it, kids, your parents can tell you all day long that you're headed down a dangerous path. Your parents can warn you that the, the, the direction you're going, that, that it's sinful and that you shouldn't be going that way and you'll just pretty much say, you know what, my parents just don't understand me. You just don't get it and you won't really listen to what your parents say. However, When a close connection at church, someone who's in an accountability group with you, someone who has developed trust with you and has been speaking into you and pointing you towards the gospel, when that person speaks to that very same behavior, you're more likely to listen and correct that behavior. Husbands and wives, when your spouse continually tells you of an area in your life, a sin in your life that they're pointing out, you're going to think, why are you nagging me? It's just a reality. That's what we're going to think. They keep nagging me about this. They keep getting on me about this. They keep pointing this thing out. However... When you have a close connection from the church, men, when you have accountability partners, women, when you have accountability partners, when you have other men or other women speaking into your life and seeing something in your life, and and men, when you have guys around you and they're saying, hey, I've noticed something, a pattern in your life, and you need to be more loving to your wife. You need to find ways to show her you love her and you appreciate her. And women, when you have other women in your life saying, hey, you know what, I've noticed that, that you're not really respecting your husband and he's feeling that. You need to show him respect and you need to let him know that you respect him. You're much more likely to live listen when someone outside of that situation begins to speak into your life things that you need to to do from a godly perspective than, than that person that your spouse or your parents. So that's why we need these connections in the church because we have blind spots to the way we live. We have blind spots to our weaknesses. That's why Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. We need each other to be sharp. And don't we, don't we want to be sharp? And the reality is sometimes sparks will fly. As you rub iron against iron to, to sharpen it, sparks fly. And there's going to be times we have to speak hard truths and sparks will fly. You won't like hearing what someone's speaking into you when you have sin in your life. You just won't like it. You're going to get aggravated. You're going to be frustrated. But when you know that person loves you and they're speaking that truth out of love, they're speaking the gospel over your life, then you will, you will get a sharper focus. And you'll have a sharper life, and you'll gain a sharper walk with the Lord when you have people like that to sharpen you. Another reason to be linked together in connection is this. Church family will pray for you when you face trials. Those of you who are connected to in the church family, they're going to pray for you when you face trials. And we all need people praying for us. The, the friends you have in the world may care about you. They may sympathize with you, but are they committed to praying for you? <laughs> See, God's people will pray for you, and that will strengthen you, and that will spiritually empower you. James 5.16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I just love our team of elders that God has placed around me here at Forward Church. We have a, a standing meeting for coffee once a week at 6 a.m. where we gather to just talk and we just pray for each other. And, and we try to do that on a weekly basis. Sometimes we have to skip a week, but we try to regularly meet and we just talk and catch up. And, and um, there's typically no agenda for that time unless something, um, an emergency's come up in the church and we have to talk about it. But it's usually reserved for just finding out about each other's family and asking about our kids and, and spending time with each other. And then we, we know we're praying for each other. It's a great time where we lift each other up. And this past week, we took this to another level when one of the elders suggested that we start a rotation where once a week, one of us will be praying and fasting one day out of that week for each other. Now, this means this. Every week of the month, one of us will be fasting and praying for the others in that group. Now, do you think any of us said, No, no thanks. I don't really need your prayers. I I don't want you to fast for me. I don't want you to pray on my behalf, and behalf of my kids and and the, the issues that I'm going through. No. Every single one of us was excited to start this. We want to be a part of that. We jumped at the idea because we're all in desperate need of others intervening on our behalf in prayer and fasting. We all need that. And I have to tell you, I'm so excited to know that these guys will be doing that for me, to know that once a week there's somebody praying and fasting and praying for me and my situation and my family and my kids and my wife and my marriage and the ministry that I'm a part of, and I've got people close to me that care enough about me that are going to be praying and fasting on a weekly basis for me. And I would guess that you crave that same kind of connection. You know, I can't wait to do that for them as well, but... Another great example might be the Adoption and Foster Care Connect Group that's starting up February 3rd. That is an awesome group because there are so many people in this church who have adopted, who are adopting, who have been foster parents, who are thinking about being foster parents, others that are thinking about adopting, and they don't know where to start, and you need information, you need support, and you need other people that know what you're going through to connect with you. So what better place to join together for prayer and support than within the church to say, hey, let's help each other through adoption care, and through foster parenting, and, and let's be a resource for each other. You think about it. Think about how that group is going to, to grow and to help each other and to nurture each other, and how when one of them contacts the rest of the group and says, hey, would you pray for me because of this situation with this child, they're going to be praying. They're going to be connecting with one another and supporting one another as God calls us to do. The reality is no matter what the scenario is, there's going to come a time in your life or you're desperately going to need the prayers of a righteous person, or you're desperately going to need others interceding on your behalf before the throne of our Heavenly Father. And it's being connected with others in the church that gives us that. And being connected with others in the church also gives us accountability when we sin. Because the reality is every one of us sins. Now, as Christians, we're being sanctified, which means we're, we're overcoming sin and, and we're justified, which means it's just as if we've never sinned before Almighty God because of what Jesus has done for us. But this process of sanctification takes time. It doesn't mean that we never sin again. It means that we're trying to become more holy. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we're looking more like Jesus. But the reality is we're still daily going to struggle with sin. So we've got to have people in our life that help hold us accountable and help us when we sin. So Matthew 18:15 says, "If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother." So as Christians, if your language starts to slip and you're talking in ways that you shouldn't talk, you're gossiping, or or your attitude starts to get sour, or or you're doing things that's endangering your marriage your values are starting to erode and you're, you're listening to culture more than you're listening to the Bible and following God, Christian friends will be there to discern that. God will give them discernment because they're in your life. And they will lovingly confront that. And it's when we have close connections in the church that we're able to have strength around us to overcome those sinful desires. And those people will hopefully address that in a loving way. Galatians 6.1 reminds us, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. You see, worldly friends, they won't do that. Most casual friends, Christian friends, they, they won't do that. Because they won't feel that they have that close enough connection. They'll think, well, it's none of my business. I can't talk to them about that, what I see going on in their life because, because I'm just not there. It's not, it's not my place to do that. But when we have close connections with a few people, then those people can speak into our life in a loving and gentle way. And by the guidance of the power of the Holy Spirit, they can find the courage to confront you when you're wrong. And it's never an easy thing to do. It's never a thing that any of us likes to do, but when there's trust within a relationship, when there is gentleness on display, and if there are repentant hearts, then we see restoration happen and the church work the way it's supposed to work. And it really only happens when we're connected to each other in loving relationships. If you're hanging out on the fringes, if you're keeping yourself isolated, if you're trying to just hide the sin that's in your life and and stay on the the outskirts of of what's going on and not connect with people around you and and you don't have trust that's been formed, then there's really no real connection. And then when someone confronts a sin in your life that they see, then you're just gonna feel judged by them and then you're going to leave. And what will happen? Is if you remain in that sinful pattern, you're going to go to another church and you're going to stay on the outskirts. You're going to stay on the fringes. Someone's going to see a sin in your life. They're going to approach you and share that they see it and you're going to get frustrated. You're going to feel judged and you're going to leave. And you're going to go to another church and the pattern will repeat and it will repeat and it will repeat. And that's why we see so many people leaving churches, going to other churches, going to another place. That's one of the reasons. Because we don't fully connect with others. We don't have those people in our lives that hold us accountable, that can see the sin before it becomes full-blown sin, that can see the temptations we're facing, and that can help us and encourage us and speak into our life, and then we have repentant hearts so that we can grow and get healthy. But if you're deeply connected, then Christian friends will forgive you, and they will restore you when you repent of that sin. That's how God's designed us to forgive and to restore when there's repentance. And true repentance, it means that you understand that your your actions grieve God. That's what true repentance is. I know that, that my sin grieves God, and I'm grieved because of that. I'm grieved because God is grieved, not because I got caught. There's a huge difference. So often we're sorry for our sin because we got caught in our sin. And people know about it now. So yeah, I'm sorry. But then we go back to that pattern. We go back to that sin because we're not truly repentant. So there's a huge difference between repentance and I'm sorry. And true accountability with other friends, they'll be able to see that and they'll be able to hold us accountable to that. So the evidence of true repentance is that you turn from that sin and you walk with the Lord. You no longer entertain that sinful desire sure it might tempt you from time to time but you got these people around you to say hey i see you i see you starting to to get in that pattern again and they can say you've got to guard that and watch that and a repentant heart will say you're so right i'm wrong i want to be over here and they will help you and they will guide you to be where you need to be and then you no longer live that way that's true repentance if you deeply Offend many in the world. They're going to hold a grudge and they're going to keep you at an arm's distance for a long time. But Christians who understand the grace of God in their lives, they will forgive and they will help restore. Now, sometimes the trust is so broken that the relationships can't be fully restored. A relationship may be forever altered. And even though there's repentance and there's forgiveness, that close connection sometimes, it may just be broken and it can't be that close connection that it was. But there can still be forgiveness. Forgiveness can still be shown. But maybe that close link has been broken by betrayal. So we must always remember Colossians 3.13. that says, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. You see, as Christians, we're commanded to forgive because we've been forgiven. Sometimes that means we have to forgive over and over and over and over again. And when we have to do that, we have to remember that our Father in Heaven forgives us over and over and over and over again. I'm reminded of His grace so often because I fail and I say, God, I'm so thankful that by Your justification, my sins are forgiven. And When I have a repentant heart, when I have a repentant heart, I'm forgiven over and over again. May we never Forget that grace has been shown to each of us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so that we show that same grace to others. And we live that way, forgiving others as Jesus has forgiven us. Because of true repentance, our connected lives, they become a testimony to the world. John 13, 35 says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another see, the world, it's not really impressed by our Bible knowledge. The world is not really impressed by how many scriptures I can recite. The world's not really impressed by the building that we, that we meet in. The world doesn't care about that. What the world is watching is to see if we truly love one another. The world's watching to see, are we really connected like we claim to be, and that we love one another, or will we turn on one another when there is a failure? That's what the world's watching for. So let me be clear, there's a place for church discipline when when someone who claims to be a Christian is unrepentant in their sin. However, the world takes note when Christian people love one another in such a way that we forgive one another just as Christ has forgiven us. Francis Schaeffer once wrote, our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. And you see, it's only when we are connected, linking arms with one another, and we have intimate relationships within the church that we can have that accountability, that we can show grace and forgiveness, that we can help one another when we have repentant hearts. So how do we develop those meaningful connections with each other? Romans 14, Paul's addressing the ways we relate to one another. And in verse 19, he says this, So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. The Bible says we have to pursue God. The Bible says we have to pursue him through his word. And the Bible says we have to pursue godly connections with other people. It has to be pursued by us. It doesn't just happen. You can't just show up to church on the weekend and think, I'm going to connect with somebody in this church. He says you've got to pursue it. You've got to pursue what makes for peace. You've got to pursue what makes for mutual upbuilding. What that means, you've got to pursue connecting with other godly people. It's a pursuit, and then a pursuit means we don't just sit back, we take offensive action because it doesn't happen automatically. If I take a barrel of monkeys and I dump it out on the floor, they're not just all automatically connected. I have to take one, and I have to take action, and I have to start connecting them, and I have to pursue trying to make the longest link that I can. Same is true in our relationships in life, but what we do is we, we fail to develop those meaningful connections because of our fears, and so often we, we fear rejection, right? We fear they are going to be rejected if we put ourselves out there with somebody and, and really let them know who we are. We, we fear overcommitment because we're already committed really with a lot of different things. We've got a lot of time commitments, so how am I going to fit something else into my life with a small group of men or women? How am I going to do that? And sometimes our greatest fear is the fear of being outside of our comfort zone, right? We don't want to get outside of our comfort zone. We're comfortable in our life, and we don't really want somebody else poking and prodding and finding out what's going on really deep down inside. You think think about that. We, 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 We fear that close connection because we're listening to lies that we're going to be judged, that people won't understand us. But the positive results of meaningful relationships are well worth the risk. When we connect with others in godly relationships, listen, we all struggle with connecting well with others. We all do. Whether, whether you're an outgoing personality or whether you are a, a kind of a shy personality, we still struggle with connecting in those deep relationships. A lot of us end up having just a lot of those superficial relationships and we have a lot of friends, but we don't have those close intimate ones. So I want to give you some practical ways. Some practical ways to begin the process of connecting with others within the church in a way that will lead to those meaningful relationships that we desire. And the first way is to sign up for a Connect group that will begin meeting on February 3rd right after the service. That's one easy quick step that you can take. It's a 6-week commitment. You'll meet with others, you will get to know others, you'll be studying the Bible with others and you will hopefully be praying for others and see what God does. See if he connects you with someone in that group. Now, it takes time, so don't expect that you're all of a sudden going to have that intimate relationship after 6 weeks. It takes a commitment, it takes pursuing those kind of relationships. If you can't do connect groups on Sunday after church, sign up for a discipleship group. They meet on Women's meet on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. There's men's meeting throughout the week. There's, there's other women's groups meeting throughout the week. So sign up for a discipleship group and get together with some other people studying God's word together. They meet pretty much year round with short breaks in between, but they're another great way to connect. Sign up to serve on a volunteer team. I guarantee you that when you begin serving together, you will connect with others and you'll start to build relationships. When you're in one of those groups, speak up when someone asks for prayer requests. And just simply say something like, hey, would you please pray for me? I've got a doctor's appointment this week. I'm a little bit nervous about it. Guess what? You just made a connection with everyone else in that group. Because next week, those people are going to come to you. And they're going to say, hey, how how'd that doctor's appointment go? you got something real to start talking about. Walls start to come down. You start to make connections. How about this? Get here early before church. I know I'm pushing it. Right? What well, if you show up early before church and you get a cup of coffee and you see someone sitting on the couch by themselves? Walk over and talk to them. Connect. Or stay late after church. Stand out there in the atrium. Look for somebody that's off to the side. Has anybody been talking to them? Walk over and connect with them. It takes us pursuing connection in order to find connection. How about this? Visit with someone who's sick. Let them know you're praying for them. Visit them often. Send them notes. Connect with other people. Approach people who attend this church, who live in your neighborhood, and say, hey, you know what? We should have a block party, or we should have a a cookout at our house and invite some of our neighbors, and you'll start to connect with people that go to church and live in your same neighborhood. How about writing an an encouraging note or a text and just sending it to someone that you know? How about congratulating someone on some kind of victory you know they just had? Hey, congratulations on that promotion. You're just making the little connections that end up building and growing into friendships. It's got to start somewhere. At the very least, how about this? Get to know the person that you sit near every weekend at church. I can pretty much know where everybody's going to sit just about every weekend because we sit in about the same area. But if I were to quiz you on the people that sit in the row in front of you and behind you and are about 10 feet from you, how many of you would know all the names? You might be a little bit embarrassed to say that we don't. And that's okay. Don't be shamed by that. That's just a reality of the kind of world that we live in. We, we, we want privacy and we want connection, but we're afraid to make the connection. And it's hard to make it in an in a environment like this. So we've got to pursue connection. And we have to be on the offensive with it, not on the defensive. Because too often we will sit defensively and we'll we'll come in and we'll sit by ourselves off to the side or we'll be off in the corner and, and defensively wonder, you know, I wonder if somebody will come and they will approach me today. God says, no, don't be defensive about it. You be on the offensive and you go pursue connection with someone else. He says, you pursue that and I will give you that connection that you desire. Because when you do, over time, you're going to find friends that will encourage you in your walk with the Lord. You're going to connect with people that will pray for you when you face trials. You're going to connect with people that will hold you accountable when you sin. And you're going to connect with people that will forgive you and restore you when you repent. And together, you will become a shining testimony to the word, to the gospel of Jesus Christ when you begin to live that way. Now, I'm going to ask our elders to come up on stage now because I want to illustrate this for you with a visual as we close. And... These four men, they've been in my life for several years now. They've been here since the beginning of Forward Church, and over the last two years, they've been serving as elders, and we've met regularly. We've developed connections with each other, and we're still in process, just like any relational connections are. We're, we're, we're getting to know each other better. Some of our relationships within our group are more intimate than others, but, but we're growing in our relationship with each other. But these guys represent what I've just been talking about and what God desires for you to have in your life, and I'm going to ask them in just a moment, we're waiting on Kenny, I think he's back there teaching the Propel middle class, but I'm going to ask them in just a moment to, to give an illustration here of, of what it looks like when you're truly connected with others, and um, these guys, like I said, we meet once a week at 6 a.m., and we just gather, and we talk, and we pray, and we, we share what's going on in each other's lives, and then um, what we'll do is we'll meet monthly for meetings as well, but... Um, the reality is these men are coming around me, and we're coming around each other, and we're linking arms, and we're connecting with each other. So if you guys, if you would just kind of circle me, and, and I want you to face me, and I want you to link arms. So you, yeah, you can come on in. Just come on in and link arms. Now, now you guys can see, they um, are kind of close, right? This is, this is a little bit awkward right now, but, but they're up in my space. And these guys, though, I know that they love me. But the reality is, if I want to try to hide from them, every direction I turn, i got one of them in my face, and I can't get away from them, right? So this is what God is saying we need in our life. We need a group of men, men, to come around us. Women, you need a group of women to come around you that will link arms and that will get in your face and that will know your business. You see, I can't really hide from them, can I? If I try to, if I try to move to the side and get off track, they're, they're right there. I'm bumping into them. I can't get away from them. It would take some force for me to get out of this circle. And I know that they love me, so they're keeping me where I need to be. I mean, if you would look out, you know, face outwards now and link arms, and I want you to get this visual as well. Once again, they're close to me. They're right here. They're up on me. But guess what? If you try to come at me, look what you've got to get through. When temptation tries to come at me, Satan tries to shoot arrows at me to get me to fall, guess what he's got to go through? He's got to go through these men, and I'm pretty happy that I've got them around me. Somebody in this world wants to get at me, guess who's, guess who's protecting me? I've got a great group of protectors around me. This is like a fortress, a mighty fortress that God has given me to protect me, to surround me, to help me, to encourage me. They speak into my life. If I start to get off track, they keep me on track. But guess what? If I'm unrepentant, if I'm just belligerent in my life and I say, no, I'm going to go this direction, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, then, then they're commanded by Scripture to unlink arms. Go ahead and unlink your arms. And it might take a little bit of hurt and frustration, but I can push my way out and I can get away from them and I can get over here and get isolated and be private in my life and do what I want to do. But guess what? I no longer have accountability. I no longer have people that are close around me and know everything about me. But God is saying, I've developed a system for you, a way for you to connect with other believers so that you'll have people around you that will hold you accountable, that will keep you in line, that will, when you start to stray, they'll be there like guardrails to help you and to serve you and to love you and to protect you. And even when you sin, they're going to forgive you because you repent. They're going to come back around you. So come on back around me, guys. When, when we repent and have repentant hearts after straying, then guess what? They love me enough that they're going to come back around me and they can carry me i'm not gonna have you carry me right now but they could carry me if they wanted to these four guys could pick me up pretty easily and carry me for a while when i need to be carried because sometimes we end up in life where we just need to be carried because we've lost strength and we've lost hope but when we have connections with people godly people they can help us and they can walk with us and they can carry us through life's difficult times thank you guys you can you can have a seat That's the beauty of being connected to each other. And again, we don't have it figured out perfectly. We're still walking through life. We're still connecting with each other. But I know that each one of those men, if I called them at 3 a.m. and said, I need your prayer, they would say, do you need me to come over? I'll be there in 20 minutes. Because they're connected with me, because they love me, because they've got my back. And every one of you needs that same type of connection. I hope that you'll begin taking steps toward being connected like that today. Some of you, maybe you just need that connection with Jesus first. Maybe you haven't had that connection with Jesus, so you've been straying and walking in life, and you've been living an unrepentant life, you've been struggling with sin, and and you've been living in sin, and, and, and you just haven't understood that there's forgiveness for that sin. That Jesus came, and he lived the perfect life, and he died on the cross, and he, he conquered the grave, and he resurrected from the grave, and then he, he went to heaven to sit at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, to intercede on our behalf, and he's saying, when you repent of your sin, you're forgiven of it. How beautiful is that? Some of you need to just connect with God today. We're going to pray in just a moment. We're going to worship him. I, I, I invite you to come to the altar and just bow at the altar and say, God, I want to connect with you, and I thank you that I can do that through Jesus Christ. When you place your faith in Jesus, the connection that was once broken between you and God, it gets repaired, it gets restored through Jesus Christ. So maybe you need to do that today. Maybe others of you need to just say, I don't have that connection in the church and I need people around me. Maybe you come to the altar today and say, God, I'm going to start taking action. I'm going to start pursuing connection. Would you put someone in my life? And recognize it may take a little bit of time but you have to pursue it. You have to take action with it. You have to get connected in a connect group. You have to join a discipleship group. You have to begin serving on a team. You have to step outside of your comfort zone in order for God to surround you with those people that can be that connection for you. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your grace. God, the truth is that in our sin, we're separated from you. Our sin has broken that connection with you, our Heavenly Father. And God, this morning, I just want to pray on behalf of everyone in this room, I pray, Lord, that everyone in this room will be repentant of their sin. So God, we come before you as a church, as a church family, and we say, God, we repent of the sin that we have committed that has broken our connection with you. And we thank you that through Jesus Christ, we can be reconnected, we can be restored with you. May our hearts be broken and grieve over the sin that we have in our life. Because it separates us from you, our Heavenly Father. So God, I know there's some of us in this room that need to just come and bow at the altar and say, God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for Jesus. And because of him, I can be restored with you in my connection with you. God, there are others in this room who have felt isolated, who have felt on the fringe, who have been trying to walk this Christian life and struggling in it because they don't have connection with other believers that can, that can point them in the right direction, that can love them, that can encourage them, that can forgive them, that can show restoration to them, that can pick them up and carry them when they need it. God, I pray that today they would take a step towards connection. And I pray that as a church, Lord, we would begin to really look like a family that we claim we are when we say we are family, that we would truly become that family that says we love one another, we encourage one another, we build one another up, we hold one another accountable, we speak scripture in each other's lives when we need to, we, we discern when there's sin and we forgive when there's repentance. May we be that church that you desire us to be. So God, we worship you and we thank you for the powerful name of Jesus today. It's in his name we pray. Amen.